Hey, I'm Dr. Kate Wong. And I'm Tierra Mitchell. And, and you are listening to, to the Holistic Hope Podcast. We invite you to join us and our village in conversations rooted in wellness and health so that we may grow a community of generational healing through love. On this episode, episode 18 of the Holistic Hope Podcast, Kate asked me a really in-depth question about motherhood. While Kate was looking to understand how some of the strongest women in the world, aka moms, can be so strong and yet go through things like postpartum depression, low confidence, feeling super down on themselves, she knew there had to be more than what was just being seen on the surface. And that's exactly what we dive into, friends. So while you're listening, please keep in mind that although we are talking about pregnancy and motherhood related things, these topics can easily relate to other life experiences. So if you've been experiencing depression, fatigue, low self-confidence, definitely questioning yourself in anything you're doing, then this episode is for you. In this episode, we talk about how I've experienced these things around motherhood and how I've heard other stories of moms having similar experiences and how it all seems to come down to being able to, one, realize we are enough just as we are, two, assume a position of grace and understanding that sometimes we may have to derive from the plan just a bit. And three, being able to, again, let go of control and trust that everything is working together for your good. So friends, listen on as we dive into season two, episode 18 of the Holistic Hope Podcast. So truth be told, obviously, I never had a, a kid, never bared a child, if that's the right, that's the right pronoun, right? Or the right verb, verbiage for that one. <laughs> and so I don't know exactly how it feels. I just know more as a doctor from a third person view. Like I've seen a lot of different mothers, a lot of different um, moms, in different phases. I hear their symptoms. I hear what's going on. I see what's going on as third person, but kind of reflecting back onto it. I see a lot of, they're strong. Like, don't take it the wrong way. Moms are one of the strongest people I've ever seen in my life. Like literally the strongest person. Um, You know, dads are really strong too, but moms are a lot stronger for sure. Because I can see them sometimes sacrifice a lot of different things because of their child. They're not taking care of themselves as much because their child is first. But when I hear certain things where moms are experiencing postpartum depression, um, fatigue, uh, just feel kind of down on themselves, I just kind of want to understand from a mother's point of view, what exactly is going on? Is it because you feel like you're comparing yourself from what happened postpartum during birth to what before you ever had a baby? 
or it's just that that you feel so tired and fatigued. So Tiara, if you want to shed some light on that since you had two little ones. Yes, this is actually going to be a lot of fun to talk about because I'm pretty sure you've experienced this. All moms want to talk about this because it's a big part of what we go through in that transition to motherhood, but it's also not something that's accepted as like conversation. So you usually only have these conversations with your girlfriends who have had kids. And if it's just the, just those of you, like if it's people who haven't had kids or I think you're kind of an exception because you work with moms, you know, and you're very compassionate to what moms go through. But um, yeah, it, I'm sure there's a whole lot of moms who would love to talk about this. And again, or for those who don't know, I am a portrait photographer. So I work with quite a few moms during their maternity postpartum phase. And then like Kate said, me having two. Um, so I have heard and experienced lots of different things in this. And how you say or how you're asking is it the comparison of, you know, before having a baby and then, you know, the shifts that have happened and that is a part of it, but I feel like it's only a part of it, you know, um, and it's just like the surface level of it. And then there's also like a mixture of this the physical part, but then also the emotional part of who you were and who you are now. And then you're also holding yourself to like those standards of what you expected, like those expectations of the kind of mom you thought you would be and how you would do things. And I'm fairly certain that moms, when they're, especially first time moms, when you're carrying your child, you know, you're, I'm going to be this kind of mom and I'm going to make sure my kids eat this and this and that. And, you know, like you slip up during pregnancy and you find yourself during pregnancy, not even eating the right meals that you know you should be eating. You may have binged on some chocolate in the middle of the night or something like that. And so already, even before the child gets here, you know, you're already like, dang, I'm failing at motherhood because now you're being hard on yourself about not even carrying your. Okay, unlock the bottom lock. Okay, okay. 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 So add that comparison, shame, and guilt, you know, and like it's just a pressure. And it's really just coming from the fact that you want to be the best mom you could be so that your child can have the best life. That they can have you know so it's a big pressure and then all that's piling up you have this baby childbirth is most likely not what you expected it to be because you know you can read the books you can go to the classes you can listen to stories but you don't know until it happens like and then like even with me having two kids they were totally different each time so I feel like you can never prepare all the way for childbirth. So you just had this pregnancy that didn't go exactly the picture perfect way you planned. And then you just had a birth experience that didn't go 
the way you planned and now you're tired and you're raising a newborn, which probably isn't going the way you planned. You know, so I feel like that's where the depression, the negative self-image, feeling down on yourself kind of comes in is because you're holding yourself to these expectations, not even that they're not realistic, but you have to be in a position where you can give yourself grace and accept that it's not always going to go as planned because that's kind of where the trap is of the depression and negative self image. Cause then you're holding yourself to be this person that at this time, it's just not what was in the cards. Mm-hmm. You know what the moms, when you speak with them during when the uh, photography sessions, is that how they express themselves as well? Or is it a little different? How are that? How is that as compared to your experience? It's, it's Definitely, like, they don't say it just the way I said it. It's more of they will literally tell the story. You know, I thought that because I had my first kid, I thought that my second kid, after I had my first kid early, I thought my second kid was going to come early, and then I end up having the baby full term. You know, because that's things you read is that your pregnancies tend to mimic one another, and you hear other stories about that in forums, the pregnancy books, you know, when you're seeking out information during your pregnancies. And, but again, because every situation is so different, you just can never be fully prepared. So that's their stories, you know. Um, I nursed, I wanted to nurse my kid, but my milk just isn't coming in. They don't, they're not latching well. Um, it makes the baby gassy because their stomach can't handle what I'm eating, you know, just all these different factors that you really didn't prepare for. And now you're coping with that while also learning how to readjust your schedule, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, I'm sure you can imagine the shift of going from no child to a child but then there's also like this thing in the back of your head where you're like, well, I can take care of one. I could take care of another, you know, and then second baby gets here. Or if you had twins and you weren't expecting to have twins, I've heard that one, you know, even without the multiple aspect, adding another baby into your routine is just something you can't fully prepare for. You're going to have to be able to learn to roll with the punches in order to keep your sanity. That mm-hmm. is much the theme that you get is the moms who are most stressful and I are stressed out and I am speaking this from experience of my personal and then stories is always the moms who are trying so hard to control the outcome like Mm -hmm. have specific thing that they're desiring that's where the depression and negative self-image is coming from because they're having trouble appreciating what's happening right now You know, they're having trouble appreciating that they have this wonderful newborn when they're struggling to sleep at night because they're trying to learn how to nurse or they're trying to learn how to crib change or the diaper keeps, you know, baby keeps peeing or pooping out of their diaper, you know, makes it hard to appreciate the little bundle you have or, um, but you know, you you know these things, but when you're going through it, it's kind of hard to look back and be like, yeah, I'm so grateful that I'm cleaning up poop at two o'clock in the morning and my laundry hasn't been done and my stomach feels like it's going to drop down to my knees and my boobs hurt and I don't know what to do about it, you know, like all the things 
come together to contribute to that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's not, I don't want to say you're drowning, but you are, okay, I heard a really cool story on Facebook, actually. It's a perfect example. Just motherhood is like juggling. And, but the thing is you're not juggling five balls, you're juggling 55 balls. And you have to remember that some of the balls are plastic and some of the balls are glass. So you have to accept you're going to drop some of the balls, but prioritize not dropping the glass balls versus not dropping the plastic balls. And her point being, you know, know when something is so fragile, you have to do everything in your power to keep it up in the air and know when it's not that big of a deal and you can let this go. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah you know, it's really, that's what it's like. It's not a drowning thing because you are excited to be this master juggler, you know, like motherhood is really exciting. It's very rewarding, but it can be hard. It can be very challenging. And so, you know, mix doubt those frustrations with my body doesn't look how it used to look. Will my abs ever close back? You know, will I ever gain back the weight I lost or lose the weight I gained? Or how come my milk isn't sufficient for my child? You know, when you start adding those things in, I think it's just the overwhelm of everything that leads to the postpartum depression baby blues because it is a lot to cope with that one time and things are constantly changing around you and it sounds like the way that you're summarizing it all is seems like the mom is trying to juggle everything by herself versus kind of asking someone else for that answer because everything that you question is more like how do I do this how do I do that can I do this so Mm -hmm. this constant questioning of the self Mm -hmm. can you do it and if you ask yourself so many times consistently can you do it you know that's that's then you question can I (laughs) right it's a question you're not confident in yourself anymore and then, you know, now imagine that and imagine the inevitable, you make a mistake. Like, oh my gosh, did I ever tell you the time I locked my baby in the house? Did you? How old was she? She was, what, three, four months old? <laughs> and it was my first child. I had put her in the bassinet thing, sleep mm-hmm. while I did the laundry, and I locked the bottom lock and I thought I had my house keys but I only had the laundry keys because we're in an apartment so you have to have separate keys to the laundry room mm-hmm. and I you know your brain you're not sleeping you are not sleeping at this stage or you may just have gotten into some good sleep but you're still kind of getting used to especially with your first child you're still getting used to the fact that I will never sleep the same again like sleep is a whole different experience the minute you have a child and so even with them getting older, like it's just not the same as it used to be. So yeah, you're dealing with that too. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I left my keys and locked her in and I'm trying to break into the house and I'm crying and crying and crying because my daughter's in the house. She's perfectly fine. She's asleep, you know, like doesn't even know I'm not there, but I'm freaking out thinking of how sad my baby's going to be when she realizes I'm not that's what's freaking me out I'm, it's not her safety nothing like that I'm like she's gonna be so sad so 
I know for me, those were the kind of things I had to learn to let go. You know, like stuff is gonna happen. Is my baby safe? Is my baby healthy? Is my baby happy? She may not be happy in this moment, but overall, is she a happy baby, you know? Mm-hmm. And then learn to focus. That's the glass part of it. That's what you're really focused on, mm-hmm. you know? And recognizing what, what are glass, what, are, what is plastic. Yeah. What's your glass? What's, what's precious to you? What is truly, I think itself said it really beautifully when we had her on and she was saying how um, when she's working with parents and trying to coach them in their parenting, they could be struggling over something. I think the example was like brushing your teeth. And you know, toddler the toddler's like, no, mom, brush your teeth. And ultimately, what it comes down to is, I want them to develop good hygiene so that they have a good life, so that they're healthy throughout their life. You know, it's just this basic fundamental, and itself has to get them to see: is one night of not brushing their teeth going to impact their overall health? <laughs> you know, like it's one night. And I think that's where, you know, because as moms, you you understand that it is my job to raise a functional member of society. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Like, that's a lot, especially in a society that's so sensitive about everything, you know, like people can't always just be, you know, so then you're trying to raise your child to understand these things at the same time. So, of course, teeth brushing becomes a big deal because that's probably one of the one thing you can make sure anything else is going to happen in this world. Damn it, I'm going to make sure you brush your teeth, Mm -hmm. you know. So, but still, you have to realize you can't even control that all the time. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you just mentioned that is as as little as brushing the teeth may be or as big as it may be. It's like one of those things that you've like a person or a parent feels like they have control, but when you're juggling 55 different balls, thinking they're all glass, that one thing that doesn't go that way can be like a tumble of everything falling apart for that moment, right? Because when you drop glass, you don't want to step on it. You know, it's a big panic because it's hazardous once you drop it. So yeah, you're going to jump around because you just dropped the glass and you're trying not to step on it. And then you can't juggle and jump at the same time, you know? (laughs) So that's why it's just okay to drop the plastic. Have some plastic balls in your juggling cube. Mm, Like recognize which one are plastic. Recognize which ones are plastic. Yeah. And then a lot of times it's like recognizing the environment that sometimes it's not all like you, despite whatever is going on as either listening to at this time right now or something going on with your family or a situation is like realizing what that situation is and how that environment is affecting you seems like more of a better strategy and like technique, right? To figure out, is this the time to recognize this is the plastic. We're using a lot of analogies, by the way. <laughs> so hopefully this is not too abstract for a lot of the listeners <laughs> of glass and plastic. But in a sense, right, thinking like if the environment is fearful, it's sensitive, and we always keep on consistently thinking how dangerous it is outside, how sensitive it is for the child, then in ourselves, we would be protective, very protective from what I feel the way you've described for, you know, any person, 
Well, and I think, I think you just described very well a way on how you would identify your glass balls. Because then like safety and protection, that's really high on a list. You know, that's the high priority just for basic survival. So but that's going to look different for a mom who is probably in a very supportive environment, finances are good, health is good, versus a mom who doesn't have a lot of support, doesn't have a lot of finance. Her baby could possibly be hurt or her baby could be going through health issues, like anything could be going on. Their basic survival is now glass Mm -hmm. versus a mom who, if all those things are met, that basic survival is plastic because it's not a threat at this moment, you know? And so that's why I say I think this is a good example of being able to identify which of your balls are glass because it's not gonna, it, it, it can't be just a societal thing. Um, as far as environment goes, it can't be solely on your physical environment. Um, and I think that's also where knowing yourself and knowing what's important to you and where you thrive versus survive mm-hmm. is very important because if you are comparing yourself to a woman who has never in her life had to worry about money and you're coming from a background where money is a struggle for you, you're going to be thinking one of your balls are glass and they're plastic. Mm-hmm vice versa you're going to think a ball is plastic and it's actually glass and so you have to be aware to know your worth in terms of what you are perfectly capable of doing like with no added trust to you I like to think of these things as like the things I can do in my sleep type of thing like so for example for me I'm really good at cooking Cooking is something that just comes easy for me. And it kind of shocked me when I found out other, not all women are good at cooking in my family. If you're a woman, you're supposed to be good at cooking. That's just how my grandma believes things to be. So, But it was like a shock to me to find out that not all women were raised like this. So for me, where I probably wouldn't hire someone to cook for me, just because it comes so easy to me, it doesn't stress me out. It's something I can just kind of, it's actually like a happy place for me. There's another mom who would hire a chef quick, fast, and in a hurry for her sanity alone, mm-hmm. you know? And, but there's people who may judge that or talk about that. So that's why I say you have to find your worth in yourself because although you may not be the mom who cooks these fabulous meals, you could be the mom who comforts their child in a way that like no other child has ever felt before mm-hmm. you know so yeah. just where there's another mom who may have to find support in being able to do that for her child you know you yeah. know so different and I think that's where a lot of the again the negative self-image depression comes from is because you're comparing yourself to something that just isn't how you were designed it's not what were in the cards for you you know, and 
I know for me, what I've seen be such a help to not only me, but other moms is when they finally get to this place of, okay, you know what? I'm enough. What I do in this house is more than enough. Like it used to tickle me so in the mom groups. Did you ever see the post where um, <laughs> they would like line item each of the things they did around the house, like cooking, laundry, housekeeping, um, babysitting, things like that. And they would like tally out to what it would cost if you actually hired a professional to do it. I loved that because it was like the first time I saw women assigning monetary value to their worth. Mm-hmm. That women as you know homemakers because it's crazy being an entrepreneur you know when I'm filling out bank stuff there's not always a lot of options for being self-employed it's like you can go to self-employed and it literally just goes to homemaker and it's like well I do more than make my home like yeah that's part of it but I I work you know like I have things that I do in exchange for money Mm -hmm. but and so that was kind of where that post was coming from. Like what we do has monetary value. And like you said earlier, we sacrifice that knowing that it's what's good for our children, mm-hmm. knowing that we want to be able to cultivate this environment to where our children can thrive. But again, you have to know what that looks like for you. Yeah. That's so interesting when you said the monetary value. Can I, I can actually see that post? Because a lot of times when, I don't know if it, a lot of moms I work with, they're not ashamed at all as a, as a home, homemaker or, you know, say a home mom, not at all. It's just other people who are working mm-hmm. then would think they don't ever want to be that type of person. Then that's when the, the, the differences <laughs> kind of come up. But if you put monetary values, because a lot of times when you, when cooking for any person, whoever is listening, stresses you out and you could hire someone for that and you do other things like you mentioned that would, you know, communicate or story time, whatever it is that would drive mm-hmm. that passion to where you're not pulling out your hair. That itself has so much impact that if you put monetary values in all of them, that's, that's way more. <laughs> or depending yeah. on person, right? Um, way more than what a lot of times another corporate mom or you know mom working nine to five job would be. You know, the hierarchy is not even comparable. You know, it's not just price. It's not just a price. It's the value of it as well. Right, right. Because I'll tell you what. Like, what made me decide to quit my job to stay home with my two was alone the rate of daycare mm-hmm. it was like by the time I pay daycare I'll literally have maybe two hundred dollars left over out the month from my paychecks why on earth am I going to pay someone else to raise my kids because then all I do is I take them home we bathe go to sleep the next morning we get up and I take them back to daycare mm-hmm and I was building my business at that time because I knew I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. And so I was working on the weekends too. Mm-hmm. And that's different from, you know, a couple of one or two hours for that break time versus, you know, sometimes people need certain kind of breaks. They need mm-hmm. to a meeting or, you know, they have, don't, you can't have any certain kind of um, disruptance depending on what's going on. You know, that's different from that whole day of daycare. Right. Right. 
I love how this whole conversation started with you asking, is it because you're comparing yourself to what you used to be that causes like the depression and the baby blues and stuff? Because I do feel that when you're a mom, especially a first time mom, and you don't have the support to understand that what you're going through is normal, you know, for especially for a first time mom, it can feel like it is only the physical thing, you know, like the tangible thing you can actually understand that's what's bothering you because that's what everyone's telling you it is. You know, like everyone's trying to comfort you around, oh, your body, you'll get your body back. Oh, this is just temporary. But it's like other things that moms are worrying about deep down. You know, they're worried about their child's overall long-term health and how these little actions now are going to impact that. And I think that beautifully ties back to our theme of when we talk about being able to let go of control, kind of surrender to the process. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to add on to that, it's almost as if um, relating to birthing, because I mean, the whole idea of birthing is for the child, but in a sense, it's it's also birthing for a different type of mother, right? Because that experience, that labor and delivery is not just for the baby, but it's also changing the hormones of that mother. So in a sense, is going, trying to compare yourself from, prior to the baby or that baby is as if you're trying to live in the past. Would you kind of agree with that? It's almost as if the birthing process is the birth rebirth for the mom and the birth of the baby. Well, yeah, I, I would even like to add on to that. It's big picture of, especially if we're going to talk about it from a holistic care perspective and take all things considering it's just the birth of a new era in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, era, not error, but era, um, not error for sure. But it's it's not so to say it's not just the mom becoming a new person. It's life has become a new. This is a new phase in life, period. Everything is going to be different. The way literally from the way you used to get up to the morning to the way you used to go to sleep, the way you move about your day at work, because even when you're at work, best believe your kids are on your mind, you know, and you keep adding kids to that. It's not like you stop worrying about the other kids you have, you know, so (laughs) you it impacts literally every single thing in your life, your relationship, because and then you're thinking about just the mom standpoint, but what's going on with the dad and what's the mom and dad's relationship like, Mm -hmm. and what's dad's relationship like with the kids that's impacting mom too, because those are her babies and that's possibly her partner. And if it's not her partner, it's definitely someone she's going to have to deal with for the foreseeable future. You know, that's baby's dad. Mm -hmm. So it's just, that, and that's why I think it's so cool that this started with just look. I'm sorry about the motorcycle outside, but that's why I think it's so cool that this started with just kind of like, you know, is it because you, it was like really surface level and that is how it's perceived, you know, 
by people who haven't had the experience or haven't had the experience in a long time. I'll even say there are some women who kind of forget how hard it was in the beginning. And when you don't have other women in your circle who have recently been through that shift of a new baby, you do kind of start to feel like, am I crazy? Because, <laughs> you know, people are only asking you about the surface part and you're like, but guys, there's so much more. It's like an iceberg. People only see the tip and what's below is so much deeper. It's just like that. But again, we're in a place where, you know, not it's not always acceptable to talk about these things. Um, you have to be in the right group of people to really talk about these things and talk about them freely. And that's kind of why I feel like moms will click together. Like it's funny to me when I watch um, shows where moms click together and all the drama happens, but they still put up with one another because it's like, those are your friends. They get you. They understand exactly why you're doing all the crazy things you're doing in your life because you have these new people counting on you and you're just trying to keep the glass balls in the air without falling on your face. Mm-hmm. That's why there's different types of mom groups, right? Not every mom group is the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta have your people because it's it just looks so different for everybody. And even in those little groups, you guys are gonna be so different. Yeah, so that's why we have these conversations. That's why we have these questions. It's making sure that, you know, you're not alone. There's all these different avenues, all these different solutions. There's a lot out there and it doesn't have to be the hardest thing um, out there either. It doesn't have to have no solutions. So reach out to us if you have any questions, if you have any um, things you'd like to suggest us to talk about. We definitely want to add into that as well. Mm. And that concludes episode 18 of the Holistic Hope Podcast. With each episode, Kate and I want to give you a guide on how you can implement what was discussed in the episode. Since our podcast is created using real life experiences, the interviews don't always get into the educational side of things. It's a very learned by experience style conversation. So we want to be sure to break each episode down with key takeaways from every story to help you along your hopeful holistic journey. For this episode's handy holistic guide, if you have been feeling depression, whether it be postpartum depression or general depression, fatigued, you feel like you have a negative self-image right now, you've been feeling very down on yourself, low confidence, constantly questioning yourself. Here are some strategies you may want to implement into your day-to-day wellness routine. Start by finding worth in yourself. You can do this by journaling. I really enjoy journaling gratitudes and affirmations when I'm feeling real down on myself. Gratitudes help me appreciate the present where I'm currently in and it also helps me see that things aren't so bad. I have a lot to be grateful for and it's a really easy way to shift from a negative thought pattern to more positive thought pattern. Affirmations, once I get those gratitudes down, I really enjoy writing powerful I am statements. I am a great mother. I am knowledgeable in how to care for myself and my children. I am resilient and I will figure this out. 
Those kind of statements I will write again and again in my journal until I really feel the power behind them and that's when I'll end my journal session. <laughs> Next, you can under try to understand the root issue of why you're feeling so down on yourself. Is it really superficial surface level? So is it more your body image and the way things appear right now? My house looks really bad. My clothes don't fit the way I want them to fit. My hair hasn't been done in weeks. And identifying if it's a deeper, more emotional thing. Is it because my clothes haven't fit for weeks, I'm starting to feel really bad of myself and it's giving me some really negative thoughts about how I see myself? Is it because my house has been a mess for so long, I'm starting to feel like I'm not capable of taking care of myself and my family and now my confidence is super low? It's important to identify where these issues are stemming from and how deep they are so that you can make a plan to adequately deal with it. Um, and I like to say deal with it because I'm a firm believer in if you don't deal with it, it will deal with you. In other words, the longer you allow these negative emotions to fester, the more they'll grow. So you wanna identify the root cause so that you can deal with it as soon as possible. And then learning to let go of control and ride the wave. In the interview, I talked about rolling with the punches in our schedule once we added baby to our routine, but it looks like that in everyday life. Just understanding that even at work, things may not always go the exact way you planned. Some deadlines that you thought were hard deadlines may turn into soft deadlines. And just being able to understand that you may not be able to control every situation but in every situation, you still choose to do your best. And that's all anyone can ever ask for you. And to be okay with that. Being aware of which of your balls are plastic and which of your balls are glass. We were able to get that fabulous metaphor from Jennifer Lynn Barnes' Twitter as she discussed her Q&A with Nora Roberts. But when you're able to identify which of your balls are glass and which one are plastic, you'll feel more comfortable with realizing some balls are gonna drop and it's okay. The important thing is knowing which ones are going to truly cause a catastrophe and which ones are just gonna bounce and the other balls stay in the air. Another strategy is to research the monetary value of what you do provide to your family. Something that is really big in transitioning into motherhood is starting to question your self-worth because you kind of get caught in the little routine of your day-to-day -day and it seems to be feel very mundane especially if you were used to being really high-driven career operative before baby so sit down and really see the value in what you do and usually it's helpful to assign a monetary value but then take it a step further and once you assign that monetary value to it Write out how it'll benefit your child in the long run, how it benefits your household right now, like what it would look like without you there. And really start to see and appreciate the value you bring to your family. And then lastly, find friends who get you. If you're a new mom, find new mom friends. 
One place I found super helpful for finding mom friends was Facebook groups, The Mamahood. And Heather Anderson has made a beautiful community of moms from all backgrounds and life experiences. The community is super supportive when you're going through either basic mom stuff or life stuff, like hardcore life stuff. And I highly recommend being a part of that community if you're looking for a mom community. And I really suggest finding new mom friends and not mom friends who have been around this rodeo for a while because it's two totally different places. And you're gonna wanna be around people who really understand you and get you. You can vent to and they understand where you're coming from and they're not constantly trying to fix you. They just allow you to be. If you're creative, trying to get more creative work done, things like this podcast or being in an online community, find more creative friends. A great place to find creative friends for me has been Facebook, Um, but I've heard people find friends on Bumble, just friends. And also Meetup seems to be a good place for this. And then if you're an entrepreneur, same thing, find more entrepreneur friends. Once you get to surround yourself with people who think like you and who have similar goals that you have, you'll find that it's much more easier for you to release judgments because you start to see that you're not so different from everyone after all. And that is all we have for you on this episode of the Holistic Hope Podcast. Kate and I hope you enjoyed this episode and we would like to extend an invitation for you to join us and the rest of the Holistic Hope community online to continue the conversation. Check the show notes to see where you can find us. And until then, stay well, friends.